HBCU Pulse Radio on Sirius XM Channel 142 HBCU. You are now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We are the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today. We are talking about the week that was in week eight of HBCU football, and we're talking about week nine. Man, listen, the season is almost over. It's November in about a week, so that's crazy, too. Ariel, how you doing today? I feel like I was out there with them kids having a homecoming weekend. I am so tired. But unfortunately, you know, not in college anymore. But let me tell you, Central, South Carolina State, and Howard, all number one right now, all 1-0. Very interesting, very excited, especially about this Central and Morgan State game. Let's start off with your game of the week, which was a defensive battle. My type of game, as you know, Ario, North Carolina Central versus Morgan State. North Carolina Central won a very gritty battle, 16 to 10 but Morgan State looked really good Ariel so what you think you know what I'm I'm not gonna lie this game this game was a defensive battle you're exactly right Randall it was the battle of the defense and we all know that Central is number one in the MIAC when it comes to their defense but at the same time the game was also to me a little boring but also a little sloppy on Davius Richards part but most of the sloppiness of course like how we already stated came from Morgan State you had Jason Chambers from North Carolina Central intercept Morgan State's QB, by the end of the drive, they had a field goal, which was really delirious to me because Central knows how to capitalize off of mistakes. So for the fact that Davius Richard was only able to have one touchdown the whole game and the rest of his drives were only field goals, kind of seems a little sloppy to me on Central's part. You also had a fumble by Morgan State's running back Quincy Hull that also resulted into a field goal. This wasn't, to me, one of Central's best games. I feel like we could have seen more from Davius Richards. He was sacked once, over 10 QB hurries, no turnovers, which was fortunate for them. But those are the things that you need to capitalize on because, like we said last week, Morgan State can play you for the first three quarters, and they did. They were able to score first. There were over five punts that Central had, and there was three punts right before they scored before the end of the half. So I'm just sitting here like, Central, you play South Carolina State next week, and they're the only team, you are two and three with them, the only team that you have to worry about where there's a 50-50% chance that you lose. You can capitalize on Howard. You can capitalize on Delaware State. All these other teams are beatable. You just beat Morgan State. But South Carolina State is not one of those teams that you want to slip up on. And they just got their first win in conference play. You have Howard that's 1-0. South Carolina State that's 1-0. And now you're 1-0. And you're coming over here with sloppy plays, incomplete passes. This wasn't the most efficient game for Davius Richards. 16 out of 30, passing attempts, 122 yards, and only one touchdown. Collier only here for 16 carries, 43 yards. That's under 40% what he's usually carrying. So I'm just confused at what Central was really doing in this game, why they weren't as proficient as they usually were. I mean, like everybody's been saying this whole season, a win is a win. Whether it's sloppy, whether it's really good, whether you're blowing out the team or you're only winning by a touchdown. This game to me was just very, very slow, but a really big defensive battle. Shout out 
to the quarterback on Morgan State, Anthony, 17 out of 28, 167 yards. Even though he had one interception, I think he was really, really polished, played very well, and kept his composure, even with that last-minute touchdown, even though they weren't able to push the game into overtime. Their defense and him and his composure was absolutely amazing. But I feel like Central is going to have to beef it up, especially Davius Richards. I honestly, everybody was like, oh, Central, you know, look good. We came out with a win. We're back to Celebration Bowl path. But the way that this first in-conference game was looking was just, to me, it was out of whack. And it didn't look like the dominating Central team that we have seen throughout the season. They scared me just a little bit. This game wasn't really necessarily something to watch, but it was a good start to what we're going to see in the next coming weeks. I totally agree. And I, I think that one thing we look at the North Carolina Central game that I think is very pertinent is that North Carolina Central did not fare that well against that Morgan State defense. I think that if Morgan State had a more proficient offense, we'd be having a totally different conversation. We'd be talking about what's going on with North Carolina Central because they lost their first game. Because that was the problem. Because all night, Morgan State was able to hold that high-powered North Carolina Central offense. And you look at Davis Richard, like you said, one thing is the passing. Of course, we, we've seen him have lower passing totals. But what really popped out at me is his rushing, his run yardage. Because typically, if he's not passing the ball, he's running the ball 60 yards, 70 yards, 80 yards, 90 yards at the end of the game, two rushing touchdowns. The fact that you have Davius Richard with no rushing touchdowns, 11 carries, 47 yards, that tells me that the defense was working. And one thing I see with Davius is he likes to run outside. Like, he'll run inside. Like, he'll, he'll do a QB power. He'll run inside. But when they in shotgun, and you sort of see, because it was one play, they were in shotgun. I'm like, he going to run the ball. Like, Morgan State, he going to run the ball, Morgan State. Just get him. He literally, he tucked that thing, ran it. Morgan State said, no, threw him back. They were like, no. <laughs> like, I was like, it was so clear. Outside run, outside run. And Davis is, is, is way more dynamic than that. He's not one-dimensional where he's only going to run outside on the right. But at the same time, I feel as if you can sort of game plan for that. And I think that's what Morgan State did. Now, I don't think that other teams outside of North Carolina Central have the defense that Morgan State has. I mean, Howard, they put up some good numbers. The game, of course, my game of the week, it was a little bit shaky what I saw against Norfolk. I think North Carolina Central has the second best defense in the MEAC outside of Morgan State. So I don't think that they'll see the same type of challenge. But you're right. This is Buddy Pugh's last game against North Carolina Central. This is his last stand. He's always had something up his sleeve, like you said last week, against North Carolina Central. So I think that South Carolina State watched this game and they were sort of like, you know, like, hmm, we got something to work on. We got something to work with. Let's see what we got going on. Birdman hand rub. My game of the week was Norfolk State versus Howard. Howard won 27 to 23 in a game that was way more competitive than I thought it would. Finally got me a good game of the week. It is amazing. It was a great broadcast. A lot of great stuff going on. It came down to those final seconds. A lot of pivotal moments. But first, before I talk about the game, I have to talk about who was highlighted at the game. So the 1993 Howard Bison football team, REO, was spotlighted. And they are one of the best HBCU football teams in history. They went 11-0. They were undefeated led by who we now know as an ESPN analyst, Jay Walker. Like, I honestly didn't know how great this team was. Of course, being in HBC media, you know about it. And with Jay Walker comes that allure. But I wrote an article about it 
on Clutch Points when Howard announced that they were honoring them at the homecoming game. And Aria, you know, we talk a lot about Eddie Robinson. We talk a lot about Steve McNair. The fact that Jay Walker and his Howard team beat Steve McNair twice in 1992 and in 1993, including that 1993 game where Steve McNair went crazy. Steve McNair was Steve McNair. Threw for one touchdown, ran for three touchdowns. That sounds like a Davis Richards stat line, I'm just saying. But the fact that they were able to beat Steve McNair, like it's crazy. And it was amazing to see that team highlighted because sometimes you'll see a 1970 team that's highlighted in 1960s, even like the 1980s. And we weren't born when they were doing their thing, but I thought it was really dope just to see that because of just the greatness that that team displayed. And I honestly think that from what I saw saw this weekend that Howard has the opportunity to do something similar. Will they go undefeated with this new man schedule? No, they won't. All right. And how they play against Norfolk? Probably not. But at the same time, I do think this Howard team has something special. So they didn't have that great of a first half. Their first half wasn't special. So Norfolk really played well going into halftime. They had 115 rushing yards. They held Howard to 28 rushing yards. Norfolk State had 235 total yards, and Howard had 153. Norfolk was 6 of 11 on third downs. Howard was all four. That's not typically how you win games because you're going to have to make it on third down. You're going to have to keep the chains moving, and Howard just simply could not do it. They had a touchdown in the first half, but at the same time, Norfolk just was pushing the rock like they were making it happen. I really like Otto Coons, Ario. Otto Coons is, of course, the quarterback for Norfolk. I think he's really good. I hate that he's in a situation where they're losing right now. They've won some really cool games. They beat Towson. They beat Hampton. And he had a good showing in those games. But he's very talented. I think he has a great arm. I think he's a great quarterback. He makes a lot of great decisions. And honestly, he had a couple opportunities to really beat Howard at the end. But we'll talk about that in a second. But back to Howard, Howard had two turnovers, including, and Aria, you're going to be like, yep, I, we talk about it all the time, Quinn Williams. He threw an interception at the end of the first quarter that led to a Norfolk State rushing touchdown by Kavon King. I don't know why he made that throw. It was clearly an overthrow. I thought for a second he was playing for Norfolk. I was like, oh, he going to run for the touchdown? Oh, wait a minute, no, that's the wrong team. Because I'm like, who, who are you throwing it to at this point, sir? So, like, I, I got love for Quentin Williams, but he has to get better in that, especially if you're trying to beat North Carolina Central and take Eden James to the Celebration Bowl, okay? We, we can do some stories about that if he go, okay? You got Edwin James going to come down to the Celebration Bowl. We're trying to see that if North Carolina Central don't make it. So he needs to, to work on that because North Carolina Central going to pick the ball off. They, they showed us that. But they kept fighting. Howard kept fighting and they won in epic fashion after halftime. And they really started to get some things together. So they held Norfolk to only six points in the second half. And both of Norfolk's points were field goals. And Howard, meanwhile, scored 18 points, including the go-ahead touchdown. They finished the game with 375 total yards. Now, granted, it wasn't a defensive type of game like North Carolina Central and Morgan State because Norfolk State had 358. So, like, they were going tip for tat. It was a close game like that. So, the box score does indicate how the game was. But Quinn Williams threw a short pass to Jared Hunter. That Hunter took 15 yards to the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown that energized that homecoming crowd. They were going crazy, Ario. It was a really nice crowd. I'm pretty sure ESPN 
didn't do them justice with how loud they were, like how excited they were to see how we jump out to that lead because they had to come back and make it happen. But I'll tell you what I heard on ESPN broadcast from that Howard crowd. Oh, they were singing Sexy Red, though. You know what I'm saying? They, they, was, they were singing them some Sexy Red. Like, they were rapping Sexy Red so loud. So I heard that on the ESPN broadcast. But I'm going to tell you what, though. It was, what was a little bit louder than them rapping Sexy Red word for word was what happened when Kenny Gallup Jr., that NFL prospect, got the interception that effectively ended the game. Because with HBCU football and really college football in general, the other team always has the opportunity to win the game after you get a go-ahead touchdown, a go-ahead field goal, they'll get the ball back, and then they have the opportunity to go down there and go for the win or go for the tie. Norfolk had a great 51-yard kickoff return from Dylan West, and on the first play of the drive, Ariel, Norfolk State's quarterback, we talked about him, Otto Coons, overthrew Kevin King, who was wide open. If he catches that ball, Ariel, they run it for a touchdown. Howard got to get the ball back and go all the way back down the field and score because that would have been a touchdown because King has separation. Like, all he had to do was catch that ball. He could have ran it in. Now, maybe if he caught it, he, he would have fell down and it would, they would have been up in the red zone. But I think if he catches that, Norfolk gets the touchdown and he likely win the game. But Coombs overthrew it. The power in his throw really worked against him. So, honestly, I was like, oh, man, Howard, like, what you going to do? What's going to happen? But here's the thing. Later on in that drive, Kenny Gallup Jr., Coons threw it perfectly. He threw it. It was, like, right there, like, on the one-yard line. You had you had one guy, like, he was trying to catch it, but then Gallup just snatched the thing. They had a little jump ball situation. They were tugging on it. Gallup ripped it out. It like, like the ball careens on the ground. He gets up, take off his helmet. He's like, yeah, I did that. Because he did it because they won the game because of his defense. And I think Gallup, that's a highlight play. That play might get him in the NFL because that was amazing. We talk about Travis Hunter when it comes to college football. What I saw from Gallup, how he jumped up and snatched that ball out the air, that's NFL talent. And Gallup is going down in the history books off of that because that was an epic homecoming. And I think that's going to put a period on what's going to be an amazing season in the MEAC for Howard. We'll see what happens against North Carolina Central. Of course, they play on November 11th. And of course, we're all circling that game on our calendar. We want to see that game. But I think that Howard, they showed me that they're ready for primetime. They can go to the Celebration Bowl. They have talent. But I just want to see them really, truly put it together. But I got to say this real quick, Ariel, before I talk, turn over to you. We talked about Eden James. We talked about how Eden James, he is that guy. He has you know, just NFL aspirations. He can make it. His father, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Edron James, like he's living up to the family name. But he only had eight carries for 20 yards. Now, Grant, he did get great yardage in receiving. He had one reception for 45 yards. He turned in for a touchdown. It was a screen pass. He made it happen. Like Eden is super quick, and he can catch the ball. So, that's an encouraging sign. Like he can be a running back that can go out there and be a receiver. But it was a very relatively quiet game. Jay Walker said that man Eden like really cement his legend at Howard with that 45-yard screen pass. And I'm like, yeah, that's something that the folks will remember. But the game itself, I wanted a Northwestern S game from Eden. And I understand, like, you know, I like to celebrate what I see, but I just expected a little bit more. 
I want to see a little bit more. I want to see him definitely go for over 100 yards against Delaware State next week. And I definitely want to see him have some signature plays in the signature game against North Carolina Central if they do want to win and not get blown out like they did last year. But overall, I just think in general that it's some good energy around Howard. Don't, don't go anywhere. Y'all ain't no one, right? Yeah. HBCU Pulse Radio will be right back after this commercial break. This episode is sponsored by the Syracuse University School of Education. A pioneer in inclusive education, Syracuse offers scholarships for graduate programs in teacher preparation, counseling, higher education, educational leadership, instructional design, and more. Syracuse's equity-driven community leads in inclusive and anti-racist research and practice, as well as experimental learning and the integration of digital technologies. Advance the future of learning and your career. Visit soe.syr.edu slash pulse to learn more. That's soe.syr.edu slash pulse. Welcome back. In, in, in four, three, two, one. To HBCU Pulse Radio, the heart of HBCU culture. I, I'm actually surprised of your game of the week pick this week. So are you staying out of my conference now? Are you done with the MIAC? Can, can I have it back? Like, are, are you are you going swack this week? I'm going to ask because I'm not going swack. I'm not going swack. But I, I, I'm going to have to ask you because there's some good games in, in the MIAC. But getting to the game of the week, I'm going with Tennessee State, like I told you. Going with Tennessee State. And I told you that with Tennessee State, I'm going to be looking for them to really make it happen and to really see what they can do. They've had an amazing season. They beat down Lincoln University of California 54 to zero, as they should have. They definitely should have won that game. But Tennessee State, they're riding high. But I think the real test of the Eddie George regime is what he does as he closes out these next few weeks in the Big South OVC. Because in the Big South OVC, like they're combined together now and they're playing games against each other. And I want to see if Eddie George can prove his team's dominance over teams that largely aren't all that great. They're middling teams in the conference of the OBC in the Big South. This week, which is my game of the week, they're playing Lindenwood. So Lindenwood is three and four and one and two in the Big South OBC. So that, of course, is the game of the week for this week. Next week, they play a very familiar face, Ario, Charleston Southern. They're three and four and one and two in the Big South OBC, coached by former Albany State coach Gabe Gardenia. So the coach Gabe for Albany State is down there. And he brought some Albany State players. So essentially, how it's looking, Eddie George is about to play Albany State. <laughs> like, if you look at the defense, he's about to play Albany State defense. He's about to play a dirty blue defense. Cause that because Coach Gabe took a lot of those guys that was on that defense with them to Charleston Southern. So they play Eastern Illinois. So Eastern Illinois is actually a really good team. They're five and two. They are one and two in the Big South OBC, but they're a competitive team. They beat 25th ranked Illinois State 14 to 13, and they lost narrowly to UT Martin 28 to seven in overtime. And remember UT Martin beat Tennessee state 20 to 10. So I think that says a lot about the competition that Eastern Illinois can bring in mid November, but I think it'll be interesting to see how they play that game. Cause I think that'll be the real test and that might be my game of the week then, but then they end the season with another very familiar face. Ariel, your game of the week, they end with Tennessee tech. So Tennessee Tech is 2-5, and five, including that win against South Carolina State that they shouldn't have won, and they're 0-2 in the Big South OVC. So I think that Tennessee State can easily win this schedule out, and the only game that possibly could be a loss is against Eastern Illinois. But if Tennessee State can prove their dominance by beating these teams, 
I believe that they can secure an FCS playoff spot. And I know strength of schedule, oh, you played all these different teams and you played UAPB and they're not good this year. Like you didn't play compared to folks on the back end of the schedule. Well, on the back end of the schedule, those are conference opponents. So you, you can't really do much about that. Those are our conference games. And UT Martin, how it's looking, I guess we'll see how they finish out. But likely they're going to be the OVC champions. So, you know, we'll see how that works out, but they're pretty sure they can get two teams in because I think if Eddie George, if he and his Tennessee state team, they finish essentially nine and one, because we don't count Notre name game in, in FCS. If they finish the season nine and one, and then they beat Eastern Illinois as well. And it's a pretty good convincing game. I honestly believe that there's no way they don't make the playoffs, but I, I want to see them really finish out the season. And I think they have a lot of bright spots. They're a very run-heavy team, which is odd to me how we're seeing such heavy passing attacks. Draylon Ellis is averaging 90 passing yards a game. And I had to look. I'm like, wait, did I look at that wrong? Did I write that wrong? 90 passing yards a game. He has two games, including the Notre Dame game, where he threw under 30 yards. But they have two running backs that really lead the pack. They have Jalen Rouse and Jordan Gant between them. 100 yards rushing per game. Jalen Rouse, 87 carries for 379 yards this season. Jordan Gantt, 79 carries for 356 yards this season. And then defensively, Ariel, they have a linebacker, Monroe Beard the third, and defensive lineman, Terrell Allen. They're leading the pack. Beard, 80 total tackles, 42 solo, 38 assisted, three pass breakups. And then Allen, talking about pressuring the quarterback, he has 36 total tackles, 20 solo, 16 assisted, nine sacks. So he had five sacks before the League in the California game, four against League in the California alone, eight QB hits, three forced fumbles. They got some guys. I think the two defensive players in Beard and Allen, like they might get some, some draft buzz because those are some pop-out stats. And we know that these NFL teams, they like defensive guys from HBCU. So I think that they could be Eddie George's first guys that are drafted or signed in the NFL. So I think that Tennessee State has the recipe to make the playoffs. I want to see them deploy a more pass-heavy play-calling set in what they do in these games, because I think they're going to need that if they go to the FCS playoffs. But I'm just really interested to see what they do with this game. I think they should beat Lindenwood. If they don't beat Lindenwood and they fall into the trap, Ario of how it is with HBCU teams, we cannot beat the PWIs for some reason. Like If they fall into that trap, I think it says a lot that you got to start back from square one because there's no reason why they don't go three and one or four. That's my little mini breakdown of Tennessee State. That's my game of the week. I am picking Tennessee State to win. Yeah, I finally got my game of the week, which I've been waiting for all this time. North Carolina Central versus South Carolina State. We already talked a little bit about North Carolina Central, what they've done in this past week. And we already have three MEAC teams that are already 1-0 in conference. And to me, personally, this is the MEAC's little rivalry week. This is the playoff. This is mostly in-conference play for the next three or four weeks, trying to see who's going to end up on top and end up in the Celebration Bowl. And we already know that we personally just want Central to do it. But Howard comes a close second. And South Carolina State can pull a Rudy. They can have a magical season, maybe have a Cinderella Man season, if they continue on this path. South Carolina State play Delaware State. Easy blowout, 35-7. to 7. 
they did not score in the first quarter. But then after that, they completely shut out Delaware State, not letting them score anything from the second quarter all the way into the fourth quarter, scoring 21 points alone in the second quarter going into the half. Absolutely amazing for them. Corey Phillips Jr., who we're always in and out on, 14 out of 21 in passing attempts, 165 yards. One interception that's always known for Corey Fields Jr. It could never be perfect, but let me tell you, they came out with this win, and their interception was the only thing that gave Delaware State the touchdown. So I can say Buddy Pugh was actually having probably a magical week this week because he decided that, listen, we're going to bring in some fire that nobody decided to see. But at the same time, this is also one of those things that Central has to really look out for because, like I said, they are 2-3 and three when it comes to South Carolina State. This is the time to show what you have against South Carolina State. Doesn't matter if Butter Pugh is retiring. This is a time to prove that you deserve the celebration bowl. That's the only thing that Central has to look out for. This is one of the best matchups in MEX to me that I've ever seen until we get to November 11th where they eventually play Howard. But we'll see where the standings are. But this week is one of those definitive weeks where we will get to see what the stats are looking like, who is going to take that number one spot who is really on their way to the celebration boat. This game always scares me because for some odd reason, Central always just has a breakdown, especially when it comes to Davius Richards. He is known for having those Q-bag B pressures, which literally just jolts his nerves and it ends up in an interception or he ends up fumbling the ball. This is where his stats got to go haywire. So I'm very hopeful that they will win, but at the same time, he has to keep his composure in this game and not allow their record or previous games to determine where they land in this following spot going into the third week of what I like to call the little rivalry week playoffs in the MEAC. I totally agree. I'm picking North Carolina Central as well. I think that Trey Oliver has this game circled because Buddy Pugh always gets him. And it's, you know, it's all love, but at the same time, like they lost like two games last year. They lost to Campbell and they handled business against Campbell and they lost to South Carolina State. After starting off riding high, then they beat a New Hampshire team that made the playoffs. So we're thinking they can go undefeated, but they lose it to Campbell and South Carolina State. So I think that they want to get their get back on South Carolina State to, to, to put a pin in the South Carolina State, Buddy Pugh, North Carolina, South Carolina rivalry. But I'm really looking at Davius Richard. I really want to see him. I think we got to see some arm talent, some more arm talent from him because he has it. But I think we got to see some more from him because I think that now the tape is out what Morgan State did. So I think that they're going to really try to stop that run. Sometimes teams can't because Davies Richard is just that good. But I think that he's going to have to do almost like Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar now is starting to, 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 to pick his poison when it comes to, can I, should I run or should I pass? And we see him scrambling around to get that time to throw it to his guys. I think that Davies should be watching that because we see Lamar as, the, as the, the prototype for the running quarterback in this day and age. We see him now improving as a passer and showing his passing chops. But I got to see Davis Richard do that because I think that South Carolina State will force him to do that. And if they force him to do that, he has to make him pay. But I'm still picking North Carolina Central. I think you're totally right. But if Buddy P won this game, Ariel, I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad at it at all because the dean of HBC football going to get him an F grade one last time if that's the case, all right? But Ariel, great show on today. We're almost at the end of the football season. And it's, it's a very somber experience. But I think it's going to be some great conversations, playoffs, bowl games, celebration bowl. 
So I think there's going to be a lot of great stuff coming up. We're going to be talking about really soon. But Ariel, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at underscore dot day Ari, or you can put me in the hot seat on Twitter at screw underscore underscore, or follow me on my website at theunnextopinion.weekly.com. Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.